Welcome to White Coats the Round Table. My name's Mike Asbeck, and I'm here with John McDonald in the flesh, recording in person for the first time. And we are a podcast for healthcare professionals that discusses all aspects of a fulfilling and enjoyable career, including career development, non-clinical careers, and burnout prevention. Mm -hmm. John, good to see you. It's good to see you too. I'm, I'm I actually see you. Yes, yeah. it definitely has a different vibe. I, I agree. I appreciate the technological advances that allow us to record remotely. Yes. Because I've recorded from four or five different states already in the past year. But this this is different. Yeah. I actually get to read your body language and see the weird faces you're we'll making. See, we'll see if it carries a different conversation. It might. It might. So what is the conversation so today? We're talking about nature and getting outside and how that can affect our mental health. I just feel the vibes today here. Yeah, for listeners that aren't watching the video, we're sitting on the couch in my office because I work in psychiatry. So, of course, I have a couch in my office. It's very Freudian. Yeah, so if I start talking about my mom or my dad, it's just the couch. It's the office vibes. But, yeah, I personally, uh, we both have a lot of love for being outside. We see benefits in many different arenas of our life. Uh, so we think it's really important because today we are also going to be going rock climbing and having, a, I guess this is a team outing too. Yes, that's true. We're, we're going to make it a tax write-off. So we will, we will be people that practice what we preach yes. and we'll reference back to the independent contractor yep. episode and write this off as a corporate review. <laughs> yes, we will. So yeah, so the reason that John and I wanted to do outdoor recreation as a tool to fight burnout was today we're going rock climbing and then we're actually going to go to dinner and game plan the next few months of the podcast and try and figure that all out. So we figured it was a good time to sit down and also talk about why outdoor recreation such as rock climbing can be such a great event. So walk me through the show notes. Okay. Where do you want to start with all of this? A couple different points we could start off with is why we even would be considering this. Why is this a part of finding better career? Or what does this have to do with career transitions or having a healthy, happy life as a practitioner, even if you don't leave clinical medicine? Mm -hmm. What is getting outside? How does that even help us? I think no matter where you work, no matter what you do, having an identity and having hobbies and activities outside of your career is essential and important. Mm -hmm. I think Americans especially, we suck at it. If you look at other countries like Europe, I think there's less emphasis on your identity being through your career. Mm -hmm. Now, the trade-off to that, because hustle culture would tell you that we are the wealthiest society because we work harder than everyone else. And that is true as well. So I, I'm not here to necessarily denigrate hustle culture or defend it. But I think having activities outside of your identity as a nurse, as a pharmacist, as a PA is really important. And with that, if you can have an activity that is also healthy for you physically, mm -hmm. that is beneficial for you, mentally or emotionally, you know, just going home and playing Call of Duty is probably not going to help burnout. Mm -hmm. But getting outside and going for a walk, going and doing a Peloton ride with friends, heck, you know, going skydiving. Mm -hmm. All of those things are going to be things that are not only a hobby or an activity, but also things that I think have proven demonstrable benefits for both physical and emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. 
So it's a good replacement for what we've been doing potentially going home and uh, taking the proverbial <laughs> drinking. <laughs> drinking or whatever that thing is that you feel like you are shedding the day's weight uh, might not actually be beneficial in the long haul for us. It's so funny because I feel like the past couple episodes, this has been a recurrent theme and it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we've been meaning to bring up every time. But the importance of having your recreation, having your relaxation, having your downtime, not just be unstructured veg out time. Mm -hmm. Going home and just watching an entire season of something on Netflix is probably not going to combat burnout Mm -hmm. as well as saying, I'm going to maybe watch TV for an hour and then go do something else that maybe is more goal directed. Okay. So, because we talked about self-care a lot as well, and it, I find it difficult to find the balance between what is self-care and what's entertainment. Um, and entertaining, entertainment, doing things like that. You can just go and see a movie with friends. Doing with friends so that it has additional benefit, but when you're doing things like that alone, um, it might be a good way to start shedding off the day, but you might want to transition to something else. And so this might be one of those other something else things we can do um, that actually helps us in the long term. So... Uh, I want to talk a little bit about how nature, first of all, we don't need to be very structured with this. So I just want to talk about how I feel in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read somewhere early on, and it might have been uh, one of the books called, um, it's about ADHD and distraction or even the whole conscious mind. One of those books that that discusses how we process our emotions and feelings, especially with those who are neurodivergent, do need green colors in their life. They need to go um, experience the uh, photons entering the iris, and it does something for us, which brings our dopamine levels up. Hmm. So for me, I know that when I go out into nature, I do feel better. And I was through association with what I read, it makes complete sense for me because I take walks in the that's what my boys and I do. We we usually take, especially during the summer, we take one, at least one hike a week in a different area we've never been. And it's always in a preservatory. Uh, preservatory? Yeah, we'll go with it. Um, it's preserved land. We've got tons of it in our area. We go on all these hikes. And I know it's very helpful to me just to get out and walk. I don't really think about the negative things in my life when I'm out there. Uh, it's just hard when I'm having the negative thoughts to get out there. Like uh, you need preventative work. It's not always just true. So I agree. I think in my own personal experience, I hate exercise. Mm-hmm. So I'm a very active person, but I wouldn't say it's a struggle, but ever since high school sports ended, I haven't played sports at a highly competitive level. I've done, you know, men's soccer leagues and things like that. But I don't get up in the morning and say, oh my gosh, I got to go run on the treadmill to get ready for my men's rec league soccer game on Sunday night. For me, what I love about outdoor activities is very often they are Mm objective-based. You know, I'm going to go do this hike. I'm going to go do this mountain, whatever it may be. And that is something that I think very often can be the motivation that our bodies naturally need. We we really do well when we have objectives and goal-based activities. This is why marathons are such a great thing. Mm-hmm. 
um, if you are crazy enough to run a marathon, is it gives you something to work towards. Sure. And I think that's one of the coolest things about it, whether it's, you know, mountain biking, biking, road biking, running, rock climbing, all of these things are are activities where there's a very low barrier to entry. You can start as a complete novice mm -hmm. and still really enjoy yourself. But then there's always this next tier. If you're a rock climber, maybe you start at a, a 5.6 rating, which it means, you know, a very easy wall. Yeah. And then Alex Honnold, if you've ever seen mm -hmm. Free Solo, is climbing 5.13, 5.14. Yeah. So it's almost like golf, where there's always an opportunity to improve upon that. And I think that's a big part of it as well for mental well-being, giving you that feeling of accomplishment. I was just about to argue you a little bit and say, well, Ed, it's good. Please do. Yeah. Because you're trying, you see it as something that is, that you can reach, a goal to grasp. Something to conquer. Me, I was about to say, well, I, I just love going and walk. I want to empty my brain. Mm -hmm. I don't want to think about mm -hmm. a task. I want to be pointless. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know, it's entertainment to me, but apparently it's good for me too. But that's where I had to switch tracks because I just told you that we tried a different place every single time. That's kind of my objective is I want my boys to see all the different areas in which you can go and explore. So- it is objective and it makes me feel good when I say, oh yeah, we got to do this new one. Uh, and next week we think we're going to go to that. Mm -hmm. So, okay. But interestingly, we're both right. Okay. So that's the cool thing about this is there is really good, solid empirical evidence that walking in nature, just like you described, is more beneficial to your mental health than walking in an urban environment. So there's actually studies that looked at if you walk in a park or on a concrete sidewalk, Versus going into some place where you're completely away from civilization, you hear birds chirping, you see trees, that that has an additional benefit. So it's not just that outdoor things such as hiking is beneficial for us because it's exercise. There seems to be something above and beyond. Like you said, maybe it's the green, maybe it's the removal from the external stimuli of a city or of a suburban environment, but there is benefit that is completely outside of the competitive nature of it. Mm -hmm. There's also research though that shows that humans as a general rule are competitive. Mm -hmm. This is also why I think politics and things like that become so tribal because we want to feel like we're part of something. We want to feel like we have latched on to an ideology that is better than others. And that can make things really nasty when you're talking about religion or politics, but in terms of outdoor activities, mental health, mm -hmm. having something where you're part of a group. Okay. You're going rock climbing and you know all the people at the rock gym or you're part of a hiking group and you're doing different hikes every weekend. That gives you a feeling of belonging, but then also can give you some level of competitive or goal-oriented activity that is going to be good for us because as humans, we need purpose. Yes. We need drive. Okay. Okay, so you talked about different cultures outside of Americans earlier, the European cultures. Mm -hmm. We do think when we think of Europeans as well, we think of a little bit more fit, a little bit healthier lifestyles, uh, community oriented, uh, travel based. Like mm -hmm. they're ex very experiential. Well, we are very driven towards accomplishment, mm -hmm. a career development. Uh, but one of the reasons why uh, Europeans are acting in different ways because they do have those communities. They will 
actually do things with their neighbors, mm-hmm. um, activities that we at a playground. I was just listening to another podcast that discussed how people in Spain uh, carry on in community. It's the adults will, after all the activities, will come together at a playground with the kids and they might even have a drink at the playground. There's usually a bar or wine bar near right next to it and they'll have a drink talk and socialize uh we just don't our culture isn't set up for that so we have to it's kind of sad when you say something like having the feeling of belonging instead of belonging right because that's what we focus on like how do you how do you feel about this when we can actually belong to something like a group Mm -hmm. that does these things Mm -hmm. so we can have these benefits while living in america so when we talk about groups, what type of groups could we even look for? Um, is it weird as somebody who might even be married with kids to start looking for, I want to say identity, with groups that are doing activities like this? Like, where do we find right. these people? I think it is like college. Yes. So interestingly, loneliness is a huge pet peeve of mine. And I think mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. And men are at exceptional risk of loneliness as well because social science shows that typically men stop making new friends around college. Mm-hmm. So as a man, your friend group is usually established through high school and then through college. And then about mid-20s, you become a hermit. And then any new friends that you establish are usually through family or spouses. Okay. So it's interesting because we're having rates of uncoupled individuals rising as well. So less people are getting married, but also less people are in long-term relationships, less people are living together. So it's not just the decline of marriage as more people are, you know, maybe not as ready to run into that as an institution. It's just people are not staying with long-term partners. And women are a little bit more insulated against that because they generally will make friends and have really good social circles. Men, not so much. Mm -hmm. So I think it is important, even if we have you know, wonderful spouses, kids, those social circles there, it still is very good for us to continue to always actively seek more socialization. Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert, you're an extrovert. So I actually really like this conversation, looking at it from two different perspectives, because I don't necessarily enjoy social activities. Mm -hmm. Like if we go to the rock climbing gym today, I'm not going to go around talking to people. I'll I'll hang out with you and we'll we'll climb some walls and that'll Mm -hmm. be it. But it's still socialization in the sense that you can be part of that community. Mm -hmm. If we needed help with something, we could seek someone out. If we were looking for maybe an opportunity to learn, we could try and find someone that was more experienced and and try and talk to them and get some mentorship. So plugging into that community, even if it is, you know, in a more introverted, shallow um, way, it can still be quite beneficial because loneliness is a really big and growing concern in our society. And these types of activities, like I said earlier, are usually very low bars of entry. Mm-hmm. If you join a pickleball club and go play pickleball, there's not a whole lot of cost. There's not a whole lot of commitment. Yeah. I, I literally just did that for the first time maybe three weeks ago. So did my wife and I. It's so much fun. Really? So we'll have to play sometime. I had it. So I even told the guy who had taken me out and I had, uh, I had been much more active prior to COVID. I was at the gym six times a week at 530 in the morning there for usually two hours a day and it is excessive and you would looking at me now you would not (laughs) know that that's what was going on but very active COVID hit shut it all down and never got really back into it 
I told my friend, I need to start doing something. So we said, let's try pickleball. And I hadn't been hot for quite a while and delayed plans. And finally, it was just like, I have to do this. So let's just go and do it. I had a blast. And when I finished, I said, I didn't feel like I was exercising. Mm-hmm. I felt like we were just having fun. I was, I wanted to rock you. And so. Oh, so you are competitive. Yeah. And there is some aspect. Yeah. So I got my heart rate going. I didn't realize until after I was done, I was out of breath. I was like, oh, like I'm exercising again. <laughs> this is, this is great. So in we, in the time we were trying to figure out or whoever's listening to this saying, how am I even going to apply this to my life? Great. Another podcast that just says, get outside and get active. There's a lot of uh, internal naysaying telling you, I, I have other things to do. I have like this. How does this help my career? I Am I going to get on another hobby where I'm buying more stuff just to, uh, I don't want to say waste time when I could be reading a different book, maybe taking another certification, you know? perfectionism, like making sure I get exactly what I want to get, the dopamine in my career. I just don't have time for this. I don't think it might be as valuable as you say it is. Mm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting pushback because I think to go off of what we had discussed with Tom two episodes ago, you know, Tom said, if you're not achieving or how can you be burned out if you're achieving? So his assertion was that a lot of times burnout is not necessarily driven by hustle culture or not driven by toxic work environments, although certainly both of those things can contribute and influence it, but rather burnout occurs when there is career stasis, where you feel that you're not making any progress, you feel hopeless or you feel purposeless Mm -hmm. as a result of just not being able to advance or make the right moves in your career. So that's a fair point that if you are saying I need to combat burnout by continuing to unplug, continue to remove myself, continue to take time away from my career, mm-hmm. that the risk could be that you may end up in a position where you are not moving forward. You're not progressing. Mm-hmm. I would argue though that that's really dangerous because where does it end? You know, at 80 hour work weeks, would you mm-hmm. still say, well, I've just got to do one more thing. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a subset of people, you know, People that become Fortune 500 CEOs probably are doing that. They're working 80 hours a week. They're never stopping and they aren't burned out because they're achieving and they're continuing to move up the ladder. Um, Bob Iger, I read his memoir at one point. It was really good, but it it laid out a life of total commitment to his job. Sure. And that's great. But even looking at that as a CEO of Disney, who's made hundreds of millions of dollars, I believe, Mm -hmm. at this point. I don't know if I would look back at that and want to lose the entire prime of my life to one objective. So I think it's a values proposition. I I think it's not necessarily that there's a right or wrong answer, but rather making sure that we're constantly assessing what we value. And obviously we're both very career focused, so we do value progression and accomplishment in our career. But at the same time, if that was our only value, we'd probably burn out. Okay. I I, com- I completely agree with you, and like I'm feeling that in the feels too. I think the people listening here, though, the ones who find found white coats at the round table and seeing about career progression and career satisfaction, uh, you're listening because you want something more. Maybe 
It's what you've been doing hasn't worked. So that's why you're listening. You're listening because something has to change. I need to make one little shift. Maybe maybe just getting into nature is a shift that helps you feel better and happier. Because like you, I'm now understanding that you could shoot for the stars with anything in your in your career. You could see yourself in the CEOC corner street office um, doing really well. But happiness, I'm I'm coming to understand now, happiness does not mean that you did great in your career or maybe accomplished everything you wanted in your career. Um, I think really specifically of all of these people that you do idolize and you say, wow, look at everything that they've done. Um, you have to understand that there is somebody that did even more than that person. And there's somebody that did even more than that person. Like, is your legacy to line up where on the scale from one to 10 of who worked hardest? Is that what you want to leave behind? Or is it just that you want to be happy? Um, and I'm going to bring it back into nature here. I've told my wife, now we have, we started with this new arrangement where once a month, there is a night where I work late and the kids go to school early on Friday and I don't have anything going on that day where I can go down to my cabin, spend the time there by myself, do what I need to do, um, maybe for my mental health or work, whatever it is, I'm going to get that time to be in nature. And I could have just stayed home. I could have come out here and we could have planned once a month instead. There's many other things I could have fit that into, but I'm finally understanding that my mental health, uh, one of the things that makes sure the balance is there is that I have to be in nature for personal. Like personally, that is one thing that I, uh, so th I'm hoping that this speaks to the people out there who like to be outside. There are people who could care less about being in nature. Right. And I think when we talk about outdoor activities, we don't necessarily have to couldn't care less. I have to correct myself. Okay. Go ahead and correct. Couldn't care less. There you go. Okay. I think when we talk about outdoor activities, we don't necessarily just mean like go buy Patagonia clothes. Yes. And you know, Shelf only hats. yep, hemp hemp hats <laughs> and then go play hacky sack out on the beach. But rather like pickleball, you just said earlier, the average age of a pickleball player is well into their 60s, I believe. But right. it, yeah, it's starting to get skew younger, but it's still generally... Paddleball is like our age as well. It's like, I don't even know what paddleball is. Like it's mid-30s to oh. like late 40s okay. right now. But pickleball is typically, from my understanding of it, former tennis players that are now graduating to pickleball, it's becoming more mainstream. Mm -hmm. And it's a great sport if anyone wants to try it. Um, but just activities that generally are outdoors, like mm -hmm. tennis or pickleball or golf, that are exertional to some degree mm -hmm. because I think sitting outside in the sunshine and reading a book probably is more mental health benefit than sitting inside and watch, watching Netflix. But I think if you go outside and you go for a walk, if you go outside mm -hmm. and put headphones on and go for a run, if you go outside and, you know, go for a hike in the woods, that's going to make a big difference for mental health yes. while also doing something that can be very healthy for you physically. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not the guy that's going to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I don't like the gym. Now, I'll train. I'll, I'll run on the treadmill if I'm going to go climb a mountain and I know I need to get in shape for it. But for me, that's where the motivation comes. So I think when we say outdoor recreation or activities outside, it really is a very, very broad definition that can include a lot of different things. Let's talk about some of the wide various things. I love it. Okay. So 
Um, hiking, we already talked about that. Hiking's easy. Um, right. Parachutes. Exactly. Go find a park. And so actually with that, let's talk about some resources as we're going through this. Because I, I think if listeners are maybe listening to this and then thinking, okay, that sounds like an activity that I would maybe enjoy. I want to make sure that we're maybe tying in how they can access that. So hiking. Okay. Hiking, I would say in our area, uh, one of the ways in which I find trails is going to be your town website. Mm-hmm. It will list, the Parks Department will always list all the towns uh, in the area, maybe the villages as well, that like have the trailheads. Uh, even more than when you just Google search. I found trailheads that I had no idea existed. Um, and a lot of these are maintained by even Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, Masons, the different uh, different organizations. Uh, but also a lot of wellness-focused organizations in the area will have it. For our area here, we have Wegmans Food Markets. Wegmans Food Markets has... Uh, has connected with local organizations and they have these trail passes where you go and you you do the rubbings on the different trails to show which trail you know it's a passport and oh cool it's a log everywhere you've been so you you should check with your local organizations whether your town hall uh your the websites there and facebook groups i would say i know that you are active on the different multiple different facebook groups who um, work in these areas mm-hmm. and i'm I'm really wanting you to talk about that organization that works with healthcare providers, but you'll get to that. Hiking in our area, that's a great place to start. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. I love that because I know even locally here in Buffalo, the county has some resources within the parks that you can do orienteering, which is where you take a compass and a map and then you find certain points and they've got uh, like little jeweled things or whatever that you can find or special rocks and it's a really cool scavenger hunt that also can be fun for kids you're tromping through the woods going through you know hills and valleys but then also having objectives once again that keep the kids engaged the other thing that can be really good is called alltrails.com yes and it's a really wonderful website it has so many trails i don't care where you live you can be in downtown manhattan and all trails will have something near you so it's a really wonderful resource. If you just put your zip code in, you can find all kinds of different resources for trails of varying uh, levels of skill set. Right. Geocaching. Yeah, geocaching. Yeah. But I just spelled that completely wrong. So tell me about geocaching. So it's kind of similar to what I was just describing with orienteering. Very similar to that where you you can find this again. It's on the internet. School geocaching. And there are local organizations or just local groups of people who will plant different items in random spots throughout a location, whether it be a county, a park, um, buildings, like everywhere. And you just have to go find this uh, item and you cash it. And there's different ways that they do this. You get a picture of it. Maybe you put a thing in there. There's a lot of ways that you can make it fun. So I don't know, maybe get a beer and go geocache. Yes, right. It doesn't even need to be a sh- necessary, always a strenuous thing. Right. Being just being present in nature, walk, walking around could be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think geocaching and mm-hmm. what was in, I never heard that term. Orienteering. Orienteering. Yep. Can it's I- where you're looking for known points on a map using a compass. Okay. That sounds a lot like basic training where you have to do your map and compass. It's very much a Boy Scout army thing. Okay. But it's a lot of fun. 
Um, yeah. If you have parks that already have orienteering courses set up, because then you're going from point to point and mapping it out. So very similar to Geocache. Where would you find, because you said on the parks and town websites maybe? If or... you Google mm -hmm. ge either geocaching or orienteering, mm -hmm. you can just say near me. I'm sure you'll find it. The one locally that I know of is through the county, and the county website has information on it. Okay. Uh, okay, so that's low barrier. We talk about another low barrier. Sure. Something we can do in nature. Any ideas, first of all? I, I've got a leading somewhere, so I'll let you take it. Because we talked about the woods. Now, there's mm -hmm. also the water. Mm -hmm. uh, we have different, at least where we live. We live right on a uh, very large lake, uh, Lake Ontario. And you guys, Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also have a lot of streams that run through, too. But And a lot of these stream heads... Um, there are organizations that will rent out canoes or paddle boards or kayaks, very low cost. Mm -hmm. And it's usually you flow down the river and they, they pick you up at the end. It's super simple. It's really fun. You can take your kids on, uh, something like that. And they're contained too, which is, which is wonderful. Mostly make sure like, <laughs> or they're going swimming. Yeah. Or just put them in the water put a rope on them and let them <laughs> troll beyond. But I think water sports are another thing that it's not very expensive to rent something like that. Mm -hmm. And if you're a healthcare provider, um, I think you probably have the funds from be a 10 or $20 uh, trip on the water. like that. Yeah, that's a great one. I think another one um, to stick with checking out your town or local government resources is earlier we talked about pickleball mm -hmm. and the town actually right next to us is spending millions of dollars to put in six lighted pickleball courts. They're putting in a sand beach volleyball court, all for public use in the town. So almost every town will have a recreation department. And that's another great place to check out because most towns are going to have some level of facilities that are available to the public to use, either free or at a nominal cost. And that's a great way to introduce yourself to a new sport or introduce yourself to something that maybe you haven't done before because it's going to be free, mm -hmm. uh, but also probably pretty accessible if it's right in your town. So pickleball or maybe a beach volleyball league. So my wife and I last year, for the first time ever, we signed up for a beach volleyball league and had never done it before. It was awesome. And it was so much fun. It is an activity that used muscles that don't ever get used when sure. I go for a run or do other activities. Yeah. So it, I, every week I was sore. Sure. And it was a great family activity, but it was a great exertional mm -hmm. goals-driven activity. Once again, we never would have found that without plugging into our local community. Mm -hmm. That actually came through our church, but I know the town is also running beach volleyball weeks next summer because we're going to look and sign up for that. Okay. So town, local government is a great start. Look at the recreation department. The last thing I'm going to mention that makes it very easy to find something is going to the YMCA's website. Mm, Usually you have great idea. branches uh, and they will have sometimes free uh, or very low cost group sessions out in the woods. Sometimes they have um, yoga in the park. Sometimes they do the Tai, tai Chi. Sometimes they just do low weight um, uh, weight lifting out in the park as well. Uh, they even have things like snowshoeing and uh, uh, 
What do you do? Cross country skiing? I think, yeah. Cross country skiing. Nordic skiing. Nordic yeah. skiing. So I've done that before. If you've never done that, I have never, but it's it on my list. Intense. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot harder than it looks. Uh, but there it's a great way to just try something out, low cost. They provide equipment so that you don't have to invest all that time and money into something that you might so let's, that's a good segue because let's escalate mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about maybe some outdoor activities that are more niche or do require a little bit more of a commitment. Mm-hmm. I think the way I think about that is rock climbing, mountain biking, mm-hmm. um, maybe skiing, mm-hmm. you know, either cross country skiing or downhill skiing or snowboarding. Those are all activities that are incredibly fun, addictive in my opinion, but also not necessarily things where you can just show up and do it. It requires at least some level of organization or knowledge to find equipment, Mm -hmm. to find special places where you can do those activities. And the cool thing with the internet is there's ample opportunities to plug into those communities. Mm -hmm. As you said earlier, Facebook is a great way to do it. I know one of the ways that I got into ice climbing is I joined the Adirondack Ice Climbers on Facebook. Okay. And that kind of clued me into what was available, what guide services were out there. So we talked in an earlier episode that I just came off ice climbing with my wife and we hired a guide. So it was not cheap. So it's certainly, you know, something where there was a a pretty significant financial commitment to rent the gear and hire the guide. But we have done it before and knew it was something that uh, we would enjoy. I've done. And this isn't something that you're doing all the time. This is correct. Correct. Yes. Um, Similar to skiing. You know, skiing is not a, a cheap event but is something that can be immensely fun. And if you find that you enjoy that as a hobby, then mm-hmm. you probably will be in a position where you may want to commit and invest in it. But as you said, there's really often a lot of opportunities where for ice climbing, we'll say, we'll pick something super specific. Ice climbing almost every year, places like New Hampshire or Northern Canada that are good for ice climbing will have what they call ice climbing festivals, where they will have gear that is free yep. to rent, or nominal cost, they'll have guides and they'll do intro to ice climbing at a very, very low cost to try and bring new people into the sport. Okay. Rock climbing gyms will actually do the same thing. The rock climbing gym we're going to today had an introductory offer for February for $19. New climbers could come and have all their gear and their day pass. So 19 bucks is not bad to try something new. So I'm saying all this, I think the takeaway for listeners is hiking, very low bar to entry. Maybe going and renting a kayak, a very low barrier to entry. Going and playing pickleball, very low barrier to entry. But don't be intimidated of regarding some of those outdoor activities or you know outdoorsy type of things that maybe require a higher level of commitment because the internet has given us an ability to plug into those communities to find events that are specifically geared towards introducing new people to the sport. I'm pretty outdoorsy. And I think it is one of the most welcoming, amazing, inclusive communities that I know okay. in terms of hobbies or activities. They're they're always looking to bring new people in and share the passion that they've found through those activities. Okay. Reddit? Oh, yes. So Reddit communities are known to amazing. have meetups. You were around when Reddit was kind of first blossoming. The Something you would see a lot of the time is... Uh, we'll say Rochester, the Rochester Reddit community would have a day where whoever wanted to show up at a park at this point, they're going to meet up and do mm-hmm. something, which is wild to me. Strangers meeting up in a public place like this. But when you go on to, maybe you'll go to the Reddit, subreddit, 
call Rochester or maybe uh, Rochester exercise, Rochester nature, Rochester, whatever it is, hiking. There is usually a community for anything you could possibly think of. And if you don't know where that community is located, you could post that question in the main Reddit and people will drill you with all the places that you could possibly go. It's like a better Google. I've got an example. It happened recently. So I think I've mentioned it, but I'm still trying to recruit you to go on my annual camping trip in August. We're going. If you go, then I get to write it off as a business expense. <laughs> but this year we have a million and one kids going because it's mm -hmm. a father-son trip and three of my four kids are coming. I think I counted if you come with all of your kids, there's going to be over 10 kids under mm -hmm. 10 years old. So in the past, we've gone to places that were canoe in and canoe out yep. or hike in and hike out. Yep. This year, I'm not feeling as brave. So I wanted a place that was still secluded, that was remote, that is not a traditional campground where you're going to have people with boom boxes, but was still a drive-in site. So I went onto Reddit. I went to the Adirondacks page because we always camp up in the Adirondacks and asked within 10 minutes yeah. of me posting, four or five people had given suggestions. Mm -hmm. I was able to then go on, do some research, and I found an incredible site. It's a beachfront site mm -hmm. on a lake. It is a about a quarter of a mile drive off the main road, so it's still secluded, mm -hmm. but it's a drive-in site. Yeah. So exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. And if I had been intimidated to say, oh, you know, I don't know, but I don't, I'll feel embarrassed if I have to ask. I think in the era of the internet, it is completely appropriate to just be the newbie and say, hey, mm -hmm. completely new to this, help me out. It's going to be anonymous. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, even yeah. without anonymity in mm -hmm. on Facebook, mm -hmm. if you just okay. join a group and you say, I've never done this before, but I'm really eager to try. Mm -hmm. Can someone help point me in the right direction of what's the first way to do it? Yep. Everyone wants to help. Okay. This is very aligned with how we talked about reaching out to people with networking. Yes. Networking. <laughs> it all like, ties in. Listen, people, people who are in the, the know, when they see a newbie who is passionate or thirsty for information, even think about having those interns that mm -hmm. you have who you just know, like they are thirsty. Anything you throw at them, they're going to eat it up mm -hmm. and you give them as much as you possibly can because you're excited about it. And the ones that you're there's there to, Pick up, check the box, exactly. you know, just like whatever, dude. Like these are the type of people that we want to pour into. And that can be you. You can go to Reddit, you can go to Facebook, be a new person, and everybody wants to help because they were there and they they want somebody to feel comfortable entering in. We're always more worried about ourselves than we need to be and what we look like. What a wonderful way to do it. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Um, it's like having that co-worker who is disney obsessed when they find out that you are going to disney for the first time you know right the look in yeah. their eyes how much time do you have and does your spouse want to come over with the kids <laughs> and we're gonna go through everything it's that disney like, plan right it what's your fast pass strategy yeah yep. you, i mean you think about ultimate frisbee when that was huge yep. before you you know somebody uh, plays ultimate frisbee because they told you in the first five seconds of meeting yes, you right. type deal yep well, people are excited about it when you enter the community. So just rely on their excitement. They'll teach you everything you need to know. Okay. So let's let's yeah. summarize because I think we're we're reaching our end point in terms of time. Yeah, sure. So here's what I would boil it down to because I know we've been a little bit meandering and I hope that that actually comes off as a good kind of conversation that is more informal and not just disorganized. But I think the way that I would break this down and summarize is that outdoor activities 
are not only good for you physically, mm -hmm. but also have empirical evidence that supports that they are beneficial for you emotionally. Mm -hmm. They can be an excellent way to improve mental health and combat career burnout mm -hmm. because very often depression and anxiety and burnout do go hand in hand. So exercise, outdoors exercise is a great way to combat that. Two, the outdoor recreation community, we'll call it, mm -hmm. is welcoming, is always looking to introduce and bring new people into the fold mm -hmm. and is relatively accessible because of social media and the internet. And if you are someone who wants to plug in, don't be hesitant, don't be intimidated, just jump in and start asking people for help. Mm -hmm. Because I think we'll use rock climbing as an example. Almost everyone I know that is good at rock climbing did not take formal lessons. They started going to the gym. They got linked up with someone who was more experienced that kind of showed them the, literally showed them the ropes. And they learned that way. So I think the outdoor recreation community is one where it is built on the idea of more experienced people helping bring new people up and along. So if you are someone who has never done that before, don't be intimidated to reach out and make that connection. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I would say is that outdoor recreation is a goals-based activity that gives us greater motivation to continue to participate because as humans, we generally like or are drawn to things that are goal and task and accomplishment. So it allows us to feed that inner competitiveness. It allows us to have senses of meaning and purpose. It allows us to you know, have a reason to get out of bed, to train for that next mountain that you're going to climb or for that, that next triathlon. So I think that would be the, the three points that I would break it down to of why we're talking about outdoor activities as a way to combat burnout in healthcare. I think it's great. Um, but one thing I would like to end with, because I wanted to talk a little bit about this, but it's not going to be belabored. I've talked about the Calm app multiple times, and we are not paid by Calm. We should fix that. <laughs> we should fix that. Uh, I, I utilize the app daily. There, If you have the app at home, there is one that you can look up. It's called Walking in Nature. And it's about, I think it's 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, where you walk I maybe on a trail, maybe even just walking in your in your uh, neighborhood, mm -hmm. and it teaches you to look around and how to observe and how to take even even pleasure in just where you are, uh, in in the attempt to calm the mind and to put your life into perspective, because at the end of our lives we're not going to be thinking about um, I should have worked harder. We're going to be thinking about. I wish I experienced more mm. um, if we do have those regrets. So there are a lot of walking in nature type meditations that you can do. Eyes open, walking, you feel accomplished. And it's just dipping your toe in, in the pool of mental health, meditation, and nature. It's mm -hmm. a great way to just quickly get out there and see if it works. It's great. So just a recommendation on my end. But I love this type of conversation. I think... Uh, amidst us trying to give tangible advice of how to get from A to B in their career, you have to sprinkle in the happiness in life here with these, I want to call them random episodes in which we just talk about mental health, mental wellness, self-care, and making sure that we truly understand what's making us happy in life. So I'm grateful for this episode. Yeah, I think it's good to have balance. You know, if we're going to talk about 
discipline and motivation, which are very important. Mm-hmm. It's also good to talk about how to take time off and be intentional with your rest. Yes. So let's leave it there. I think I would propose that we do not do personal items yeah. because we kind of spent the whole episode talking about our personal stuff. Talking and about we really didn't talk about career. We talked about how we can take steps back from our career. So I think we'll leave it there. But thank you everyone for listening today. This is White Coats of the Round Table with Mike and John. If you do not follow and subscribe, you can find us on all major streaming platforms. You can also leave us a review. This is one of the most important ways that other people can find the show. If you can share it with your friends, that's another great way for people to find the show. But otherwise, until we talk next week, everyone have a great night. Thank you.